Welcome to the Irish Tech News Podcast with Simon Cocking, Senior Editor. I'll be doing a series of interviews with people at the cutting edge of green tech, clean tech, and anything else that we think is interesting and worth listening to for you guys, our listeners. Hi, so today on our podcast, uh, we're really excited to have uh, Theodora on, who of also writes for us. So first of all, who am I talking to today? Hi, my name is Theodora Lau, and uh, you can call me Theo. I'm the founder of Unconventional Ventures. Perfect. So, so uh, what do you do and what does Unconventional Ventures do? <laughs> That's an interesting question. So, first of all, thanks for having me. Um, I do miss the in-person, uh, you know, meet meetups, though. So, it's been a while since we met in Bordeaux. Uh, but really quickly, what we do and, and the name why we call it Unconventionals, it's a, um, it's a, uh, we tend to look at things that are not what people typically think of in the mainstream. Um, so Bradley Limer, he's my partner. Um, we are very focused on looking at challenges that face our industry today. And more importantly, um, the challenges faced by what we call the, un, uh, the forgotten demographics, if you will. So that'll be the gig economy workers that are not well served by the financial services system today. Uh, looking at the longevity challenges, the fact that we're all getting older, but if you look at our relationship with money and how we service that group, that hasn't changed much as well, as well as female founders and, frankly, any underserved founders that are not from the coastal areas. What we do believe in is that we have a strong belief that anyone with great ideas should have a chance to try and succeed, which is basically the driving uh, principle, if you will, that that guides everything that we do from the partners that we work with to the projects that we're interested in. So from advisory work with startups or helping founders connect them with funders, uh, doing various mentorship as much as we can uh, with, with different accelerators around the world, um, doing consulting work or, or even speaking, right, when, when we met last time or uh, yeah. the podcast and the blogs that you were referring to. So all of those work kind of encompass and, and create a package of of what we do believe in that we need in our ecosystem. Oh, great. Okay, so that all makes sense. And you, you kind of moved into doing this prior to the, the whole lockdown and the scenario we're in. So I guess what, what inspired you to move into it um, from what you guys did before? Because, I mean, you know, like we'd seen some of the things you did before you two struck out on this one. So, so what made you feel that the time was right? And then after that, we'll talk about how it's been since this, the world changed again. <laughs> the world is constantly changing. I think of anything that's a constant. Um, look, I think we both of us came from corporate worlds. We've been in corporate for years and we've tried to change from within. Um, I think the challenges that, that that we came to realize is that trying to change big organizations from within is really difficult, regardless of which industry you're in. Doesn't matter, cannot be done, right? We've seen a successful use cases, but by and large, um, we want a little bit of freedom and leeway to drive um, the causes that we are passionate about. Um, we want to use our platform to elevate diverse voices. That's one thing we strongly believe in. 
Um, if we look at social media, we look at um, people that write, we look at um, people that speak in conferences, by and large, and it still is, very homogeneous, right? That doesn't mean that there aren't founders with great ideas. That doesn't mean that there aren't people that are doing amazing stories, but somehow they tend to be buried with other voices that are louder. And so one of the things that we want to do with the voice that we have, with the platform that we have, is to help founders tell their stories, right? Stories that have purpose and hopefully will inspire others to join and hopefully will make us think twice on what we're doing and, and to find purpose in what we're doing. We, we believe that representation matters. So one of the things for any of you guys listening um, that follow me on social, one of the things that's my pet peeve is whenever we see articles that come out from various different media organizations that talk about or celebrates any special stories, such as recently um, about Citibank um, hiring the first uh, yeah. or, uh, picking the first uh, female CEO, right? Most of most of the media outlet will name the names, but not all of them do, right? So you'll see various ways how media handle diversity in the sense a lot of them focus on the color of the skin of the person mm. or the gender and not so much so on the person by itself. And, and we think the person, it's, it's what matters because when we have children growing up, right, and we, when we all do, they want to see people that they can resonate with. When we have um, younger generation working in startups or in financial services, they want to see people they can look up to. So all of these matters. Um, and so part of what we do is we want to make sure that whatever it is that we do, we work with founders that we believe and we help do whatever we can to help them succeed. Um, and of course, like you allude to, it's been a little bit of a life-changing experience the last few months. Um, doesn't matter which corner of the world you're in. Mm. Yeah, look, I mean, so absolutely. And so, you know, you guys set up and were doing your thing and then had to look at how you did it. I mean, for us, I mean, even from, say, February, we could see that things were not going to be the same and it was going to be different. And so at some point, for you guys over in dc and being in the us that's happened too so here we are six to eight months later now how how did your business did, did did the way you do business change and if it did how did it change it changed immensely oh. um so one of the things that we used to do a lot is travel around the world and speaking conferences right and you know that's how we get our message out that's how we also meet new people and that's how we also learn about their stories and what's going on in other ecosystems I believe that's really important, the cross-pollination of that. And mm -hmm. obviously with travel down, with everything going virtual, that in itself has gone through a massive change. Um, I will be honest to say, I, I do miss face-to-face, -face, right? Because there are some things that come through better when you're sitting down with someone with a cup of coffee or with a drink. Um, and there are some platforms that handle the virtual part of conferencing better than some others, um, right? Because mm -hmm. at the end of the day, if you think about why conferences happen, right? Why those events happen, it's to bring communities together, right? And so I, I think part of the challenge of our industry the last few months is trying to figure out how you can do that. I don't think you can actually replicate completely face-to-face. -face. Um, I believe that there's a lot of good in being able to bring things to digital meaning that you can reach out, hopefully, theoretically, to a broader 
audience around yeah. the world and to be able to bring on more different voices um, for them to, to talk about their experience and, and, and bring their knowledge to a wider audience. Technically, that's supposed to happen. Um, yeah. Unfortunately, I have to say, I have not seen that. If we look around um, the virtual conferences, the webinars, by and large, I would say 80% of them are still the same people, the same faces, the same yeah. voices, the same opinion, right? And so I think the challenge for us is how we can help facilitate putting in different people and different different voices in and helping different event organizers make their show more interesting, make it a little differently, how to rethink essentially yeah. bringing people together. Um, how do we rethink, we rethink. networking and, and um, how people digest information? Because I, I think one of the challenge too is with so many of us um, being at home all the time, right? And depends on which continent you're in. In the US, for example, most of the school children have started at school and most of them are doing online learning, right? And so that in itself creates a different challenge, if you will, because now our work life is more blurred than how we were before. So it brings different human elements to the things that we do. Yeah, look, yeah, completely. And, and like you say, um, it's almost been like a, a massive experiment that, that just went up, was set off and running. Um, so uh, I, I think people thought it might be gone within a day or a week or a month. So so as we're now coming to realize that, that this this will easily be around for the rest of this year, perhaps the middle of next year and beyond. Um, what, what what do you think the future will be like? And and I guess in terms of the advice and the advisory you give, do you feel in some ways this has been like a corona nudge for for some things that people, businesses were contemplating doing anyway? That's a funny name, <laughs> Simon. Um, I haven't heard anyone use that term, but I, I, I think it is. So it's a couple of things, right? One is I think it nudged us or not you might be too gentle a word. It throws us into a fire and say, all right, yeah. there's no other way. You have to get it done. Um, it, it, but what I love most is the myth busting part of it. Uh, okay. Because for example, in the US, PayPal um, recently, they came up with a report and said, oh, guess what? The fastest growing demographic of people that is using our services, drum row, are the boomers. Okay, and then Bank of America and other banks came on and say, oh, oh my God, apparently older people do use technology and they embrace digital banking and all of that. Well, duh, we could have told you that five years ago. Um, nobody <laughs> believed us. So I, I think what has been interesting is it opens up people's eyes and say, oh, wait, I can actually get my parents or my grandparents or my older clients to use technology to communicate with us to manage their money and, and do all of that. Um, I, I think the good part of it is hopefully this will bring more appreciation for people that are designing solutions, right? That they can design for a wider demographics instead of focusing on, well, just the quote unquote people that grew up with, with digital. Um, mm -hmm. And I think it also make us appreciate more on face-to-face if and when I think part of Europe actually opened up and, and so did my friends in Hong Kong, they've been meeting up. Um, but it, it makes us appreciate more of, of time. I, I think it, we become more cognizant of the fact that time is limited 
that you need to prioritize the things that are important for yourself as a person, as well as for your business. And, and hopefully, you know, um, next time if any surprises or disaster strikes, we, we can be better planned. Yeah, look, I think that's great. And like you say, on one hand, it makes you hopefully critically reassess, do I need to see these people in person versus it's of value to see these people? Because maybe I, I know before there's almost a meeting culture, but not necessarily high value. Whereas, like you say, now we're, we, we assess more ruthlessly because it's a much serious question about whether we see them. So, yeah, I, I would agree with you. And I think that's a good insight. Um, um, so look, I mean, if people have enjoyed listening to you, uh, what's the best way for them to find you guys, both you and the company and to, uh, contact you? Oh, um, it's actually pretty easy. So you can find us on, on Twitter. Um, my, um, Twitter handle is PSB underscore DC or LinkedIn theater allow. We also run the podcast. As you mentioned, one vision, you can find us on iTunes and Apple and Google play. And um, just Google unconventional ventures in the US. Cool. And I guess I have one final question, which is um, you take lovely photos and you're and you're clearly a big fan of Star Wars. So uh, does Star Wars help you to put a context on things like how what's the link there or how does it help? <laughs> um, Star Wars has been something I've loved since I don't even know when. Um, it's just a different outlet, right? It's um, it's somewhere that you can go and escape and build Legos of, of <laughs> different things and try to get your creativity moving. I think one part that I didn't appreciate as much as I have had the last two years when we started writing, writing every week is that um, you do hit a writer's block, right? doesn't matter if you're just writing 500 words or 1,000 words every week you will at times hit a block. And um, either I would go run um, or I just go play with Star Wars um, and that helps. <laughs> awesome, so look, thanks very much. It's been great to have you on uh, and I'm sure we'll have you on again in the future. Thank you very much. Thank you, Simon, for having me. We hope you enjoyed that podcast and we will be bringing you more across as diverse and interesting a range of stories as we can find. You're welcome to reach out to us on Twitter, LinkedIn or by email and give us any feedback and let us know what you'd like us to cover in the future. Thanks and keep listening.